0: Oh, praise God. Happy Resurrection Day, church. It's good to be together, isn't it? Praise God. God is so kind. He's so wonderful to us. He's so merciful to us. He's loving, and He has given us everything we need. It's fine to say Easter. I'm okay with saying Easter. I don't think that it's evil saying Easter. But today, I want you to focus that today is Resurrection Day. Today is the day we remember that Jesus rose from the dead. just want to tell you a short story. Now, as believers, we can get so used to the gospel that it's easy to skip right over the gospel. Sometimes we just know the story so well that we forget the details to it, and what was really happening when Jesus came and preached the good news. So I just want to speak to you. Jesus died, and I'm just going to read just for a moment, or for a few moments. I have some scriptures here, but I'd like to read what I wrote. So just bear with me. Jesus died a brutal criminal's death. Even the worst of evil people wouldn't deserve what he went through. Jesus came down from heaven. He stepped out of glory. He humbled himself to the lowly state of mankind. He became a nobody in a small town of Israel. But this humble, loving man was suddenly and brutally put on trial and crucified. They didn't know what his mission was as he was being nailed to the cross. He was betrayed and they lied about him. And they, Rome didn't want to riot, so they listened to the people, and they had him executed. What no one realized at that moment was that he was not only innocent, but that he was carrying out a mission that began thousands of years earlier. The story began long ago with God, mankind, and Satan. There was a war that began at the beginning of time. Mankind was created by God to live in a heaven-like place. There was no need whatsoever, no wants. God's original design for our existence would be best described as paradise on earth. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve had the perfect existence, and they walked and talked with God freely. There was no pain, no misery, no death. Only a peaceful existence with everything that humanity needed provided for us without sweat or toil. One day, while living in this paradise existence, the serpent came and convinced Eve that God was a liar. God had given them everything, but only had one requirement of them don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God said, if you eat of that fruit, you will die. And Satan convinced Eve that God was depriving humanity of all that the world had to offer. Adam and Eve ate the fruit of the tree that God said not to eat of. And as God promised, they and all humanity ever since has been under a curse, the curse of death. They stepped out of immortality into mortality. This curse caused humankind to suffer, to labor, to be cast from paradise into the world as we know it today. To be fair, as Christians, we talk all the time how we see God in everything. We learn to trust God and see his wonders in everything. And it's true. He is clearly visible in how perfect the ecosystem works. He's clearly seen in the beauties the earth has to offer. He's clearly seen in a baby being born. It's true that God's fingerprints are on everything. But, and this is a bad but, but it's also a good but, because we know what Christ did, amen. That balanced ecosystem of animals is cursed with a ruthless system of carnage. The system from tiny seeds to the top of the food chains requires that the prey they need to eat dies. There is bloodshed from the bottom to the top of the food chain. The curse brought incredible changes in the weather. The earth that we call beautiful can change in an instant by a flood or, ten or tornado or other disaster. The beauty of a child born is quickly swallowed up just a, fo- a few short years later when a nation makes war on another nation and kills those young men because they're suddenly enemies. And it doesn't have to be war to get a person to shed blood. after expulsion from paradise, the curse came with the first sin, jealousy. God warned Cain of his heart issue, but it festered inside of him until it became anger, and one day he took his brother Abel out to a field and murdered him. The curse the Bible calls sin and death entered our world, and that fueled by Satan has been raging ever since. The evils evolved and multiplied, and people invented new ways of evil. The Bible says here in Romans 4, Chapter 1, it says in verse 25, they traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Verse 29, their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless and have no mercy. And they know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. So God in an effort to cleanse the earth, sent a flood. And it seems cruel to our human minds because the flood killed every living creature on earth except whom and what he preserved in the ark. But finally, and let's just say that out loud together, finally. Finally, there was a glimmer of hope. God separated a man named Abraham from this cruel, backbiting, adulterous, evil world. And God prophesied that a son would be born from his seed that would redeem humanity from this curse. And just as prophesied, Jesus came to rescue humanity from sin and death. And the purpose for his coming was soon to be fulfilled. They didn't understand who he was, and there the devil shows up again. Satan convinces the people to crucify Jesus. It appeared that Satan had won with humanity, and once again, it appeared that Satan was winning again as they were nailing Jesus to the cross. But that's not the end of the story. The cross was just the beginning. The Bible says in the book of Luke, if you look with me or turn there with me, chapter 23 verse 39 The Bible says that Jesus was on the cross, he had been crucified, and on his sides were criminals. Some translations call them revolutionaries. What Jesus was receiving what was called uh, a capital offense. Right, Something deserving of death. So most likely, these were not just petty criminals, but, and not just rebels, but murderers. And we have this picture of a murderer on the left side of Jesus, and a murderer on the right side of Jesus. And there, Jesus is amongst them, being cross- crucified, an innocent man being crucified with murderers. And it says in Luke 23, verse 39, that one of the criminals hanging beside Jesus scoffed just as the world continues to scoff. We're going to see here that there is an opportunity for us. And really, we can do this at every stage of our life, whether we have turned to him already or we have not turned to him yet. There's always an opportunity to either recognize who Jesus is or to misunderstand him begin to scoff at him he says so you're the messiah are you prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it but the bible says the other criminal verse 40 protested he protested he said don't you fear god even when you have been sentenced to die We see a key here. Something began to happen here in this moment. What one criminal realizes, wait a second. I've been a rebel. I've been a murderer. I've been a sinner my whole life. But he begins to see that death is near. Suddenly he realizes, wait a second, I'm not really in control. I thought I was in control. I thought I could do what I wanted and live my life, and get away with it. And suddenly now, I'm stuck on this cross. I've been nailed to this cross, and suddenly I am beginning to see that all my quote-unquote freedom, all my quote-unquote fun, all my quote-unquote do whatever I want, who cares about this supposed God in the sky, suddenly the reality of I'm about to die is before me. He had the reality that I want to speak to you about today that we all have, which is that every single one of us in this room is a living dead man. You are literally, you know, Hollywood is obsessed with this zombie culture, but you are literally a zombie. What you don't realize, and the devil has painted a picture, a facade upon humanity, upon society. He has painted the picture that you are actually alive, but you are not. He has painted the picture that everything in this earth, everything that you need, everything that you want, you can just go, you can sweat, you can toil. My Bible calls that a curse, but you can go, and you can do, and you can be, and you can become and achieve. And what he has lied to you about is that that is life. When it is not life, but is death. We're going to look today at the scriptures and see that you actually, even though you think you're alive, even though it seems like you are alive, real life is only after death. That this place you're in, because God's kingdom is opposite. My Bible says God's ways are not our ways. Satan has convinced you that you are alive, but you are actually dead. When in reality... I will be alive in Christ, only in Christ, when my body goes into the grave. It's an opposite way of thinking, isn't it? And so here we are. The criminals are on the cross. And he says this, verse 41. And this is the simplicity of the gospel. The simplicity of actually turning to Christ is right here. It is this simple. It is absolutely this simple. We only have a book this thick because God knows that we're trying to find loopholes after loopholes after loopholes. And then we, we read through books of the Bible and like we're like, God, why are you telling us the same thing over and over and over again? Who's ever done that? This is boring. I've already read this. And God's in heaven going, Why are you sinning over and over and over again? Why are you rebelling over and over and over again? Why won't you submit to me? But it's this simple. But it is this simple. It doesn't need to be a big giant book. It is this simple. It is the recognition that I'm a dead man. He's the only way. There is no other way. He said, we deserve to die for our crimes. Until you come to the place that you realize you deserve to die, you cannot receive Christ. You have to realize, and I believe that the Lord makes it very clear to us, we just don't want to hear it. We think that that's archaic, that's old, It doesn't apply anymore. It's just an ancient book, but he has told us very clearly that we are sinners, and sinners are condemned to die. But he says this, he says, this man hasn't done anything wrong. Right here, the simplicity of the gospel is that he recognized his sin and recognized Jesus's innocence. And he says, verse 42, He also recognized that Jesus had the power to save him. That even though he was dead, what he had a picture, he actually was living in the reality. There was a reality for him. We're just not nailed to crosses. But he actually got to experience the reality of your condition in this earth, which is your dead. And it says, Jesus, come on, who has said this to him? Who has said these words to the Lord? Don't let this day go by if you haven't said it. And if you've said it and you've walked away from him, it's time to say it to him again. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And the Bible says, verse 43, Jesus replied, I assure you, today You will be with me in paradise. Wow. Wow. It says in the book of John 19, verse 30, Jesus said, It is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. How did Jesus have the authority to bring a sinner, a murderer, into paradise? The Bible says in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The most famous verse of all time, John 3, verse, six, verse 16, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. It is such a simple gospel. We are dead, and Christ has given us an offer to bring us into life. I want to look a little bit deeper here today. I want you to look with me at the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, verse 14. It says, Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil, who had the power of death. what satan did with adam and eve in the garden is he took their their immortality from them they entered into mortality and with that mortality came the curse the curse that we experience in this earth it is Again, I must say that I still see the beauty. I cannot escape the fingerprints of God on everything. But this was not his design. You must realize that this is not perfect. This is not what he wanted. He wanted them in the garden. The Bible says that, every, that Adam and Eve and every beast was to eat the greens of the garden. His system, his design was not this dog-eat-dog world. This is the curse that came. And we must realize that because Christ has not come again, he is coming again. Amen, isn't he? But because he has not come again yet, that means that this earth, come on, it's not too far. We've got, the Bible says it, we've got rumors of wars on all corners of the earth. Right? We have disasters striking all over the world. Sometimes we have a beautiful day like today and the sun is shining and there's blue sky and we're going to have a nice time together as families, and we should. But sometimes we forget that you are living in a cursed earth. Now, is that a heavy weight for us? It's not going to be. Come on, I'm not going to leave us there. I'm just bringing us to the reality. I'm just reminding you of the reality. Sometimes we forget, and we're asking God to bring heaven down. Just make heaven here and now, so that anytime anything bad happens in my life, I'm confused. I don't understand. And you must understand it's because you are living in a cursed earth. But my Bible says, come on, whose Bible says the same as mine? That Jesus came to break the power Of the devil he broke the power of the devil over your life you know they argued with Jesus they said our father's Abraham he says no it's not don't give me that religion don't give me your religion your father's not Abraham there's only two fathers there's God the father and there's the devil and your father's the devil See, we just don't realize. We don't realize that when we got saved, that we were literally, that when we came to Christ and when we received him into our hearts, when I recognized him on the cross, just as this sinner did, does, what, what is actually happening is that my father, Satan, wow, this is, wow, this is way too dark, Adam, Pastor Adam, for, for Easter morning. Come on, this is too heavy. This is too dark. But what happened is, is, Jesus broke the chains of Satan over your life. That he was running your life, come on, like a puppeteer, a marionette. Some of you experienced it. Some of you hit the lows where you were very aware of the strings that Satan was pulling in your life. Praise God that not all of us have to go to such lows before we turn to Christ. But thank God all those things that you went through. They push you closer to him. Your relationship is deeper. Amen. But what was actually happening was that outside of time, as I began to just look at and in worship, Christ is on the cross, and all of your sin, all of even all the way back to Adam, even Adam and Eve's sin, 4,000 years in the past and 2,000 years in the future, you sitting here today, all of your sin was put on Christ And what was actually happening there that Satan did not get, because the Bible says if he understood it, he wouldn't have let it happen. It says the rulers, if they had understood it, they would have never crucified him. But here he thought he was winning. He tricked and deceived and used Judas to put him on the cross, but what he didn't realize is that it was you. It was not Jesus on that cross, but it was Adam and Eve and you and I. And Jesus is taking outside of time. Now, come on, this is 2,000 years ago. You and I are there with him. That's what my Bible says. Yours says the same. And the Bible says that he broke the power of death. Verse 15, only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Verse 17, therefore... It was necessary for him to be made in every respect, like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. It says in the book of Colossians, chapter 2, verse 6, It says that we've accepted Christ Jesus our Lord. So what he's about to say in Colossians 2, he's talking to believers. He's about to say some things to Christians. And he says to them, when you accepted Christ, we move on to verse 13. He says, verse 13, come on, let's say this out loud. I, come on, say it again. I, put your place in there. He's speaking to believers here. He's speaking to what? actually happen sometimes we we come to christ we receive him or we've heard the gospel and we just think oh man that's just an avenue of many avenues jesus is just the god of many gods or that's just some religious thing that people do and they they do it you know they kind of do it that they dress fancy over at that place and that place they don't dress as fancy and all this religion the devil's just trying to get you all mixed up and confused to what the core of the true gospel was which Which is this reality that has been pushed aside it's been oh Jesus will make your life better no he won't he will give you life come on he will not make your life better you must realize you were dead before he gave you life he doesn't make your life better he gives life You didn't have life before him. You had the facade that you were alive. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. You know, the Bible says in Romans 3, you don't need to turn there, that no one is righteous. The world's like, oh, I'm a good person. I just think as long as you're a good person, all dogs go to heaven. You know, what we don't even realize It wasn't fair when God destroyed the entire earth in a flood. We need to stop trying to think our sins are better than other sins. Because what you don't even understand, it's not even your sin that you're responsible for. You were born in a curse all the way back to Adam and Eve. You were born with a sin nature. I repent of my personal sins, as all of you have, who are believers. Yes, we do. But it's even deeper. It's more than you realize. It's not just some little motion. I'm not just going through the motions, oh lord forgive me and suddenly something magical happens and I'm forgiven. When I repent of my sins, I'm actually coming to Christ and joining together with all that have ever lived, all the way back to Adam and Eve, who have joined together and said, Lord, we want to be alive. I don't want to be dead. I want to be alive. It says, Then God made you alive. Does anybody else's Bible say this? We were dead. God made you alive. With Christ, for He forgave all our sins. Who's ever heard the statement, "Jesus died, so you don't have to"? Anybody ever heard that? Anybody ever been confused by that statement? Because I've seen martyrs. All eleven disciples after Judas were martyred, and there have been millions of martyrs throughout time, including present tense. Because their physical body is just a shell. Jesus did die, so you don't have to. He died, you ready for this? Your spiritual death. Every single person in this room will die a physical death. Or Christ is going to come back and transform your body into a new body. One way or the other. This body that you see now, some of you are very thankful Come on, some of you want to give some praise to the Lord. You don't have to take that body to heaven. But the body you have now, it will die. But your spiritual death, that was imminent. See, Satan said, on the day you eat of it, you will die. And some people say, well, that, you know, the Bible contradicts itself because he didn't die. You know, some people use that as an argument against God. They'll say, but he didn't die. And we need to look at the New Testament. We need to look at the whole story. Because my Bible says that I did die. My Bible says clearly, apparently, I thought I was alive, but actually I was dead. Jesus came in John chapter 3. He came to a man named Nicodemus. Come on, one of the most famous stories of all time. We're talking about the experiences Jesus had. He said, you must be born again, verse 3. And Nicodemus says, how can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? He was trying to think of it logically. He's trying to think of physical. Come on, Jesus was showing us here. He said, verse 5, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. He says, verse 6, Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Come on, Christians can testify. Your physical body looks the same. Come on, that moment that you got down on your knees and you said, Jesus, come into my life, forgive me of my sins, I want to know you, I don't want to be the other criminal, I'm not scoffing at you, I recognize your deity, I recognize your innocence, I recognize you are the only way and you're the only one, and I'm giving you my life. Come on, at that moment, physically you look the same, but something spiritual, who can testify something spiritual happened inside you? You began to change. You began to think differently. You began to talk differently. You didn't even try. Because it was not a physical thing. It was a spiritual thing. And then we shouldn't be confused when things are happening and going on in this world. And we're looking around and it's still evil and it's still dark and there's still death. Don't be confused. Because your body is irrelevant. Do you realize this is the good news? The good news is not that Jesus will take care of you on the earth. The the good news is that you don't die. I love that he gives us many, many blessings. Who loves the blessings of God? There are many blessings I experience in the earth as a preview. Come on, the Bible calls it, you know what he says of the Holy Spirit? He's a down payment. He's a preview. That my experience of God through the Holy Spirit is a down payment of the whole promise that's coming. Amen. Let's look back in the book of Colossians chapter 2. It said, so we were dead, verse 13, and we've become alive in Christ. Verse 14. Let's look at this. He canceled the record of the charges against us. Jesus canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. It says, in this way, come on, this is so powerful. Wow, the Lord is speaking to your heart today. Won't you listen? In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. Before I continue, I want to read this verse in a moment. You know, The devil tips his hand way too often. Before we argue if God is real, all you have to do is acknowledge the devil's real. As soon as I begin to want to worship God, as soon as I want to seek God more, as soon as I actually want to open up my heart, as soon as I want to open up the word, spend time with other believers, what happens? All I want to do is I want to know God. I want to know my creator, and I want to be a better person in the earth. Why would a mysterious little voice begin to speak that I don't need that and encourage me to hurt people, hurt myself, and just get drunk, just, just forget about it? It's Easter. You know, that's what we do, right? Sunday afternoon, give the kids their eggs and get drunk in the afternoon. That's what the world thinks. That's all. And then go back to work on Monday. You don't need to listen to that voice inside your spirit tugging at you. You know, I was just, I've been saved a long, long time, and I was born and raised in it. I still had to come to it myself. And you know, the devil still tries to speak to me on a daily basis, just like he does to you. You just don't realize. As soon as I want to increase my faith and believe God and trust him more, something in me tries to steal that faith. Let's just use reverse psychology or reverse logic, whatever you want to call it, that if something is trying to take something away from me and get me to not believe God and not trust God, then that must mean if he wasn't real, then why would something try to steal it from me? If I was already alive and not dead, then as soon as I begin to touch this, then wait a second, you're trying to do things as a dead man. You're trying to achieve and be and do in this earth. And as soon as I head that direction, man, the devil will just anoint you, bless you. I could, just, I could become a billionaire doing, right? We've seen that. Come on, all these guys, all these billionaires, what do you end up finding out? It's not conspiracy. You end up finding exactly what you'd expect to find. The dark, dark, dark stuff it took to get to where they're at. The devil will bless that life. As soon as I choose though that I want to follow Christ... Some, there, I feel immense restriction and con- constriction, and we think that that means, oh, let off, don't do it. You know what the process of birth is like? Come on, women. It is painful and is violent, and it's also beautiful. It's incredibly beautiful, but it is violent and bloody. I wish it wasn't so bloody, right, men? You're scarred for life. They're scarred for life, and we're scarred for life. We have different scars, but we're scarred too. The reason that the devil's trying so hard to fight against you is because he doesn't want you to realize that Christ has already disarmed him. The only way he gets his power back is just by believing him. This already happened. Come on, this is history, and yet it's real life for me in this moment. The Bible says that Jesus disarmed. Come on, that's that is past tense. I want you to hear this. Jesus disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. And the Bible says, and I love this. Oh, it's just so powerful today. He shamed them publicly. By his victory over them on the cross. Wow. We're going to take communion. And before I close and take communion, I want to read this. It says in 1 Corinthians 15. You don't have to turn there. But our bodies are buried in brokenness. But they're raised in glory. It says they're buried in weakness but they're raised in strength. It says our bodies will be transformed into spiritual bodies. And then it says this, and we can look together. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 54. Our bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Verse 54 says, transformed so that we will never die. It says death is swallowed up in victory. Verse 55 and we sang this today. O death, where is your victory? What Satan did in the garden 6000 years ago was killed you. You were born, you're living your life. You're like, I'm going to go be this. I'm going to be an astronaut. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to, you know, you dream it and you thinking your life is yours. None of those things are evil on the surface. But inside, what he is painting and just kind of just blurring over you is that you're a living dead man. But my Bible says that when I turn to Christ... It says that that death, that now the question is turned. The Lord is literally looking at Satan, and he's having a conversation with him. Where is your victory? It says, for sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God, verse 57, he gives us victory over sin and death, through our Lord Jesus Christ. In Revelations 20, it says that one day the devil, who had deceived them, was thrown into the lake of fire. Verse, Revelation 20, verse 10. And then it says in verse 14, Revelation 20, verse 14, then death, come on, let's read this out loud, just to be encouraged what actually happened on the cross. Death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. It says in Revelation verse, chapter 21, he said, I make everything new. It is finished. And he says, all who are victorious, Revelation 21 verse 7, all Who are victorious? Who's victorious? Those who have received Christ. It's as simple as that. Death had you, now you are alive in Christ. And all who are alive in Christ, who are victorious, will inherit all these blessings. And I will be their God, and they will be my children. But cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, and all liars. Their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. I thank the Lord every single day, and as believers we do, that he took our sin on that cross. But it was not as simple as just praying a prayer and receiving Jesus. Jesus. It was something incredibly powerful. Something that we don't even understand that goes before time. That Jesus was actually breaking a curse, a line. He was breaking it all the way back, your entire lineage, all the way back to Adam. And he gave us what Adam and Eve had, which is what? Paradise. Immortality. It's just, the gospel is this simple. Sometimes we... We just get so used to it, and I feel like I really needed to go through it again. So thank you for bearing with me. If I, some of it was redundant, that you already know these things. But I believe the Lord was speaking to our hearts, amen, and reminding us of the power that happened on that cross. If you have the elements, I want you to go ahead and take them with me. The Bible says the reason we do this is to remember Jesus. There's such power in this, and especially in doing it together. Jesus said, when you take this, remember that my body was broken for you. And so we're just going to break it in remembrance of his broken body. We're going to take it together. And the juice, the Bible says that this symbolizes his blood. And Jesus said, when you take it, remember that my blood was shed for you. We just thank you, Jesus, together. I just pray, Lord, as we take this, I pray, God, I pray we'd be washed afresh, Lord, in your blood. I thank you, Lord, that every single sin, no matter what we came in here with today, God, it is washed away with the blood of Jesus. Every weight and every burden, every sin, Lord, all the way back to the root of the curse, death itself, sin is just a pathway to death. I thank you that all of it has been washed away by your blood. So before we take it, Jesus, I thank you. That you've redeemed my life i thank you jesus that you forgave me of my sins i thank you jesus that you paid the ultimate price you died the spiritual death so that even though my body will die the bible says i will have life forever my spirit will live forever with you i thank you jesus we just take it together amen i just want to wish you guys A happy Resurrection Day. Enjoy your time together with your families.